0: Welcome to Ennisbrook Church. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Graham Hislop, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit
1: our website at ennisbrook.co.nz for a service near you. How's everyone doing? Are you doing good? Wasn't that a great time of worshipping our King? I loved it. That was like a highlight of my, uh... oh, that's lovely guys. Very good. Well, time, let's put our hands together for these guys and Crystal. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, Before I even get into today, I wanted to do a little spot quiz with you. Can we do that for a minute? How'd you go loving each other this week? It was just a new command Jesus gave, not just to ten more, but love one another as I have loved you. How'd you go loving each other? Loving those closest to you is sometimes the hardest? No? Okay, <laughs> I find it. You love them so much, you, they really annoy you. And guess what? I must annoy them as well. How'd you go with trusting God this week? Did you just trust rather than choose to flip out? Was it rather than worry, Do you like, okay, God, you've got this? How'd you go in taking moments this week of just being in awe of Him? his wonder, his creation? Did you, did you grab a sunset this week? Did you grab a moment of time where you looked at a mountain and you were like, God? Well, your spot quiz, most of you have passed because at least you have thought about it now. <laughs> but we are all the community of God. Don't be fooled by this stage and this microphone. It really does not mean that much. We're all on this journey together. We are all the people of God. We could be around a big campfire for all intents and purposes, but you're not. You're here today. And so if you came along for the first time, we so are so glad and, and grateful that you're here. But we're also praying that you're going to be blessed out of today as well. So Father, I pray that out of today, we might be able to actually come into a brand new week, Lord, knowing full well we've looked and gazed towards Jesus, beholding you, Let your word, we so, we don't want to just talk about you. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. Lord God, let your presence come. Holy Spirit, dwell in our midst today. For if you do not come here, this is just a kumbaya club. But Lord, I know you're here. And so reveal your presence to your people, your precious people. Your mind and heart is on them. Let their minds and hearts be on you, Lord God, I pray. May we all this week know how to love one another, trust and believe you, and Lord God, capture the wonder of who you are. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, it is good to hang out together at AS, as the church, and so great to be together. Um, have we got a timer so I know what's going on? Oh yeah, we're good. I can see one. Fantastic. Um, and my name is Graham, if we've never met. Uh, you seem like a very nice person. Yeah. Hey? Looks can deceive, uh, and no, I'm joking, I'm sure you're lovely, and uh, we've been in, what has it been like, long weekend season of, like, forever? Does anyone need a full week? Like, I I'm, I'm, I loved it, three-day weeks or four-day weeks, however it worked, four-day, um, I have loved it, but man, I've got some work catching up on me, so I've been quite good, eh, just to get back into it. And, uh, but it has been lovely. We've been in a series, as um, Shannon mentioned, our vision is about a two, I don't know if it's going to be two or three years or what it's going to be, but we're actually trying to work out how to follow Jesus. Uh, it's really important that we try to understand that because Jesus said over and over again, come, follow me. Sometimes he'd put some extra things on it and I will make you a fisher of men or, or a builder of great eternal things or a sower of a new tapestry, however he would have said it to you. If you weren't in one of those camps, maybe an accountant counting what really counts, no um, or a homemaker raising those eternal destinies you 're probably on center stage. but as we are on this journey of come follow Je- come, follow me, following Jesus, we're really in this um, trying to unpack at, in the early stages of what what does it actually mean and look like and so we started a series last week called Shaped Did you Enjoy it? Those of you who are here. No? Pretty average. Okay. Well, I thought it was quite, I actually thought it was quite good. And uh, I want to tell you a little story. My, my friend, uh, my friend, my daughter, she uh, has, I've got three daughters and two sons, two cats, one wife. And uh, my daughter had a friend and I'm going to call her Jennifer. And uh, I changed the name for everybody that person's on this room by the way I know that some of my daughter's friends are here and so they're probably like what is this about me and uh, she was a lovely girl she would come around to our place and play and then um, well and then my daughter would go around to her place and play and they were good friends and uh, I, we kind of, as a family, enjoy like, getting to know our kids' friends and that, that whole journey. It's quite awesome. But there was one thing about this um, girl who was uh, uh, very... I, I imagine um, my daughter was friends with her from about actively from probably five to ten, and then schools changed, and it changed a wee bit. But one thing that was very distinctive was this girl had a hugely strong American accent. I am talking so strong, it's unbelievable. So you'd be like, hey, Jennifer, how are you? I am good, Mr. and Mrs. Heslop. Like, and it was always just, I just loved it. Like, I don't know, I just get funny about things like that. It's like hanging out with Australians, isn't it? There's something so wrong and so right about it. And anyway, so I'm hanging out with uh, Jennifer and, uh, well, not, per, you know, on my own, it's weird, but um, with the family, she'd come in and my daughter would be there and, Jennifer, tell me a little bit about your, your family. Um, and we got talking, and I said, how long did you live in America for? Oh, uh, (laughs) that sounded a bit Canadian, eh, didn't it? Oh, (laughs) she said, yeah. She goes, oh, no, I've never lived in America. And I was like, eh? She said, no, I've never even been. I was like, oh, haven't you? And I'm looking at Rebecca like, This is the Twilight Zone or something. Now, I knew her parents. Her parents are distinctly American, lived in America, came out here. And it's true. They had, um, I think, maybe one child in America, but the other in New Zealand. And it blew my mind. How do you pick up such an accent? When you weren't born there, you have never even been there. She'd never visited it. Well, the answer's simple. And you would have already worked it out. She's immersed in it. She's being shaped by it. When God made us, we are referred to as clay, not iron, not steel. Sometimes I think we go through life like we're steel, like we're just bulletproof. You know, things just, the, hurt, the, the stuff of life just oh, ricochets off us. But don't be fooled. The reason why some of those things in life hurt is because you're clay. But it's a weird thing, you know, when clay tries to harden itself to protect itself, it becomes cracked. And the Bible does talk us about us being like jars of clay, earthen jars, Paul wrote, with a precious eternal substance inside, that is the glory and the grace of God. How good is God that he would want to dwell in this clay? but it does actually talk about those um, marks and those scars and that clay. Some of you are crackpots, for sure, no doubt about it. And if it's not you, it's the person sitting next to you. Just nod, no, don't, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And, and, you know, some of us are a bit more cracked than others, but, but Paul wrote that, hey, the whole thing with this is the beauty is that his glory and his grace would shine through and out of us. And that's what some of those cracks, they're going to do that. They're actually going to become portals for the glory and the goodness of God in your life. We're trying to patch them, aren't we, all the time. Oh, I don't like that one. Oh, that one's too painful to talk about. Oh, I'm still trying to work on that. And God all the time, he's saying, hey, don't, don't do that. Come on, let me, let me fill you. And so you are clay and I am clay. And we are, what, what does that actually mean? We're shapeable, shapeable. That means we are formable. That means, just stop with and and think on that for a minute. The things of this world are forming you, whether you agree with me or not, you're being shaped. You're picking up accents. You're picking up tone. You're picking up views and beliefs and some some by osmosis, some by some of the things you believe you got before you were five. And you're still trying to flip and work out what on earth they were. My brother and I were talking on Friday. He goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm standing outside Glassons." He said, "Why?" I said, "Because Rebecca is inside Glassons." <laughs> we're at the stage in our relationship now, me and Beck. We're at the point where I can just say, "You go in," and she's like, "Yep, yeah, no worries. I'll just stand outside." Early days of marriage, that would have looked like a total disregard of loyalty, and I had to go in with her. And you know, she's not high. He, sounds like she's high maintenance. She is, but I, I, was standing out, I was standing outside Glassons. She's not here to defend herself. Thank you, Lord. And I was standing outside Glassons, and I said to Phil, my brother, I said, oh, man, in my 40s, I'm in my 40s now, and, uh, and I said, I actually enjoy standing in the sun more than I do shopping now, and I actually also enjoy sitting down over a meal more than I do going around a mall, and I actually enjoy going for a walk more than I do like some kind of like ruthless just thing after thing after thing after thing. And he goes, he said to me, for the first 20 years of my adulthood, he said, I think I was trying to fix the fact we grew up with no money. So as soon as I got money, I just shopped like crazy. And he said, but now I've worked out that was just about our childhood. It was about nothing else. And you were formed. And, but the thing is, you still, oh, I'm getting excited now. I got off the stool. <laughs> That's how you know, eh? When you see him getting up, you're like, oh, here we go. But this is the thing about it is that um, you think that you stopped getting form after, formed after childhood, but the last 10 years have shaped you in a way. Even today, I mean, if you're open to it, if we're open to what the Spirit is doing here, we're going to be shaped by it. Holy hicker, that's awesome. So what would it then look like then to be shaped into a more specific image? Read you a couple of scriptures. 2 Corinthians 3. Therefore, since we've got such a hope, we are very bold. So that's the premise of knowing Christ in this way. So we've got this great hope. We're not like Moses. Moses was everything before Jesus was the way of knowing God, was through Moses, the tabernacle, Ten Commandments, and the um, even the ceremonial, ceremonial laws. Moses is very significant in the story of God. But before that, they would actually see, because he came off the mountain with an encounter with God with a veil over his face, he was preventing people from seeing what was actually fading, passing away. And not only did the glory fade like a battery being drained, but it was actually synonymous. It was a sign of the covenant fading away. There was going to come a time where God would not dwell with man in the same way. It was fading. It was passing. It wasn't increasing. Paul went on to say this. He actually went on to say that um, in their minds were made dull so that a veil kind of remains over us whenever we're living in an old covenant or reading in Old Covenant even, it says, it has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. So in Christ, we have the veil removed. A new covenant is here. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers people's hearts. So that's what happens when you live by the law or you're trying to do religion with God. A veil comes over your heart. But it goes on to say, when anyone ever turns to the Lord, okay, the veil is taken away. And now now the Lord is spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, and this is the new result, freedom. We're going to walk this thing out as jars of clay, not as iron rods, and certainly not as two tablets of cold stone. Think of the materials I've talked about there. That's some of the differences of where God's taken us through Jesus. Now we, all, who with unveiled faces, so we're, we don't have to worry about a fading glory. We've got an ever-increasing glory, the Bible says. It's going on from glory to glory. It says this, we are being transformed into his, Jesus's, image with increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. Um, Ephesians 4, so Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. These are the different gifts that God's given the church. Ask, we're a church. He's given those gifts to us as a church. And what is the gifts for? Showing off? No, no. Is it for categorizing? Certainly not. Is it for like who's best, who's worst, who's rank? No, there's no rank in this. It is for works of service, to equip God's people so that we, the body of Christ, we, not you, not not someone else, you know, you're always thinking about them and us. No, we, the body of Christ, may reach, be built up and reach a unity, a oneness of heart and mind in the faith, our, our fundamental belief about God and in the knowledge of the Son of God so we're growing both in our heart, the stuff God's doing in our heart, and in our minds, learning. We're working in both of those realms to become mature. And if you didn't see last week, you can watch it online. But God is actually making us into, these, us as clay, into the image of Jesus Christ so we can be image bearers again. And that's really good news. That means if you come to the service today and you don't feel anything, it's Okay. And if you pick up your words sometimes reading Leviticus and it puts you or Numbers and it puts you to bed really well, better than a serotonin pill, five or ten milligrams, that's okay too. The point is, there's a greater process and there's something greater going on. You and I are being formed into the image of Christ. That's a big challenge. So I thought today we should just unpack it a little bit more. And just talk about it a little bit more, and just look because I, I'm up, I'm up for that. I'm I'm actually I that actually is a vision I can get on board with. To recognise God's taking me somewhere. We're not just going round and round the same mountain. So to do that, I want to invite up the one and only recovered from COVID back on the back on the cycle of life. And as he mentioned this morning, we're in a different colour top than black. He mentioned it. I didn't. Put your hands together for Shannon. Johnston. Come on, Shannon. Come up here.
0: Aren't you glad it's one and only? I love that people
1: tolerate me. (laughs) Could you tolerate two
0: of me, though? Uh, Because
1: you're just too much, you know? You're you're, you're so much. Um, Welcome back. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so I was excited, actually, because I wanted to... um, Talk with you because you and I have been talking. In fact, we did a podcast called "The Conversation" with another two clowns. Yep, and and it's online, right? It is. It's on YouTube and on Spotify. But I watched it, uh, and I really enjoyed watching it.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I watched it too
1: last night. Quite good, eh? Yeah, it's I mean, good. there we'll tweak a few things in far, as far as the quali- quality of it, but um, just as far as the you know the audio and video. But uh, what I enjoyed was. This is a big journey, and mm. there is there is so much, and so I was looking forward to sitting down with you, yeah, because I really like how you think Uh-oh. most of the time. So <laughs> I, I, no, no, just, <laughs> just just the
0: thoughts I let out. Eh?
1: <laughs> well, even then, but uh, yeah, uh. I so I, I wanted to ask you, okay, spiritual formation. Mm. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about being shaped into the image of Christ. Yeah, this is the journey. You know, at some point we all. Maybe we haven't yet. Maybe you're not there where you've made a decision to ascribe loyalty to Jesus Christ. Give your heart to Jesus. Give your life to him. But at, at that point, I think in the modern church, it's sort of like people figure, well, that's sort of it, isn't it? Mm. We're just waiting until harps and clouds and, you know? Yeah. The ra- rapture? Is there a rapture? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what era you grew up in. Um, but, but, you know, this, this depth of it, what do you, how do you describe, how do you look at, or how do you define spiritual formation?
0: Cool. So it's as a, as a good question. I think, like, I didn't even heard that terminology, spiritual formation, until last year, if I'm real honest. Like, it was actually a new term or a new way of framing things that I'd never come across before. And I think that's interesting because, I mean, I was, I'm 36 um, years old. I have born into a great Christian family, gone to uh, church pretty much every week for my whole life. So quite an interesting um, turn of events. That was only in my 35th year that I ever even stumbled across this idea of spiritual that's formation. That's very
1: interesting in its own right.
0: Yeah, and... Mm. Um, it was amazing, like it, because it actually gave me a new framework or a way of thinking about this whole experience, that I, it was probably like a little bit of a like a perspective shift. It's like, oh, yeah, that's probably a really, really important thing. Like, what is it? And I think for me, like spiritual formation is like, as you said, every single one of us, the, the question is not, are we being formed? Because um, the answer to that is yes, we are being formed, constantly, every single moment we're like alive there's internal and external forces working against us that are like you know unconsciously or consciously seeking to shape who we're becoming that's just the reality we live but the question is into what or whose likeness are we being formed Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like oh yeah we probably need to be aware of this that there is many forces trying to form us Um, and like you say it's not something that just happens once you know I think if, if you've been in the church for the last couple of decades, there's always been a lot of focus on like, oh, you know, we just need to get people to get to a point where they like become a Christian. Um, but then there's not a lot that happens after that. Uh, oh yeah, I'm a Christian now. But actually realizing that spiritual formation is not something that happens uh, just in the first wee while of your faith journey. It's actually something that's supposed to take life um, place for your entire life. Um, and I think one of the reasons, like churches, you know, small C or that church, big C, gets stagnant, is people just tap out of the spiritual formation process. Mm. They do a little bit of it, and then they feel like they've done it because maybe. Uh, they 're a little bit further along than others, or they get distracted, or maybe they 're feeling despondent because they didn 't see what they thought they were supposed mm-hmm. to, and then they just disengage from the formational process that, if you've got one more one day big. of breath left in your lungs mm. you 've got one more day where you 're supposed to be being formed into the likeness of Christ
1: yeah I think in this next couple of years we 're going to do a very serious series on how do people actually change yeah because like there 's obviously a a um, supernatural work that Can and often does happen in our lives. I I mean, you would have experienced this, I experienced it, but it's and it's often things God does that you just surprise you. Mm. Maybe you weren't even really asking for it, but you knew it needed to happen. You know, change of heart is the big one, probably. But then there's other things you're just begging Him to change Mm. God, why won't you change this? Come on, God. And um, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes it can be that convo that. He had with Paul, you know, he's like three times I asked the Lord to remove this thorn in my yeah. flesh, but each time He said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you." Yeah, and it's like, no, thank you. I'd prefer you just to sort it out. And so, other change happens over a process. And I, I think that people can feel disillusioned when they say, "Well, am I doing it right? Mm. Like, am am I on the track? Am I doing Christianity correctly?" Yeah. So, as far as um, how would you how would you um, identify what it is in us that is actually being formed? Like, what what parts of us? How do you see that?
0: How do I see that? Um, some, yeah, I guess sometimes it can be helpful to, you know, break apart, like, the different parts of what it means to be um, a person. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like yeah. we, we all kind of know there's a, there's a spirit um, when we also know we have a soul – you know, and then we have a physical body. Um, so, you know, in terms of spiritual formation, we know that the, the minute we place our faith in Christ, um, our soul is rejuvenated in an instant. It, it goes, our spirit goes from a state yeah. of being spiritually dead yeah. to now being spiritually fully alive. Yeah, yeah. There's no in between. Um, at that moment, you are the most spiritual in terms of like essence that you can possibly be, yeah. and no more activity can grant you a greater level. Mm-hmm. Um, it is through faith in Christ, boom, saved, spiritual, in totality, game over. That's the spirit. But then we're aware of this like soul part of us, which is like our thoughts, our intellect, our consciousness, our will, our emotions. And um, that's a little bit slower, <laughs> isn't it? Um, that, there's, there's a process there. It's like the idea of, okay, we're saved, but then we're being saved. It's this ongoing process that we actually have to be engaged with. Every single day, every single moment of our life. And it's actually when we position ourselves continuously um, in creating space for God in our world that actually he continues through the power of his spirit within us to do that work.
1: So go, is great. And and I'll just add one more thing. Mm
0: -hmm. And then we've got this body. Mm -hmm. It's not getting saved. It's Mm -hmm. actually going to die. But then we get a new one. So it's kind of like, you know, um, breaking those three parts, I think, is quite helpful. So like, when we're talking about spiritual formation, it's like our spirit comes alive, but the soul, that, that part of us, our character, who we are, is actually an ongoing, day-by-day, lifelong process where we get transformed into the likeness of Christ.
1: But even of those categories, there are still subcategories, too. Yeah. So, for example, in your soul, there's probably a majority of how you're relating to people, so your relationships. Yeah. Like, some of us are not very Christian in all of our relationships, you yes, know? We. What I mean is Christ-like. Yeah. yeah. You know, the image of Christ. Like, how would he deal with someone? Like, Rebecca really annoyed me last night. Can you help me with this? So, I was making a Maybe. Curry. <laughs> I was making a curry. Yeah. And, um, but a chicken? No, it was green curry. Okay, cool. And so it I... was quite good. I'd just done a little bit of sautéed, very ch- fi- small chopped potatoes. Too detailed. Okay. And um, just in the base of it with some onion garlic. And yeah. Anyway, um, I wasn't on dinner. We've got a roster. That was my teenage son. But he was like, I'm feeling sick. Yeah. Well, rubbish. He's on Fortnite. You know what I mean? It's like, but I didn't feel like I could say rubbish. So I, I, was, I was trying to be good. I said, I'll do dinner then. So I cooked it. Then Rebecca walked in and said, why did you cut the chicken that way? <laughs> and I felt quite mad. Mm. So yeah. I said to her, rather than, why don't you mind your own business, which is what I felt like I should say, I said, why are you asking? Which was a completely <laughs> stupid thing to ask. Because then she said, why are you asking what I am asking? What's wrong with my question? Uh-huh. Do, are we allowed to talk like this?
0: No, it's just, the, no, we, we know. No? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we
1: know. Oh, we know. <laughs> we know about you guys. It goes on and on. So anyway, I'm there just um, still moving the curry thinking, why do I have to do that? Yeah. And then, actually, I'd already talked to her the day before about... Yeah. Um, probably the last couple, the last fortnight, there's been a bit of pressure. I've been experiencing a bit of pressure. So, a few different things, a few things going on, and um, and also I feel a little bit of pressure just in terms of the national and global church picture at the moment, because mm. a, a lot of what seems to be going on, even within say uh, what we know of, that's pretty public now, about say Hillsong. Well, we have been friends with those guys for years, yeah, like well connected, and then. I feel like there's therapy. I'm just, you're my, are you David Redhead? I
0: will be sending an invoice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And then, um, there's a church in New Zealand that it's being publicised at the moment um, that I actually worked for for a year. Mm. And then like, that's all blowing up. Yeah. And a lot of my friends too, who I work, they're friends. Like I lived with one of them while we were shifting for three months and others as well. And just the pain that some of them are going through. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's what's in the chicken. Yeah. I think, I I was standing there going, I think, I think that this would not otherwise bother me, but I'm just bothered, and then I had to really talk myself down off that cliff. Yeah, yeah. So so this is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's sort of like, how do I become more like Jesus? How would Jesus respond? Okay. And they they whipped him and nailed him to a cross, didn't they? Without him going, why are you asking me that, Herod? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean,
0: yeah. So, how would Jesus respond? And then I think it's also good to look and be like, "Well, how did the disciples respond as well?" Because you know,
1: he's cut <laughs> Rebecca's ear off.
0: Yeah. Hey, don't do that. I'm
1: joking, guys. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's cause, okay. It's not
0: always easy. Yeah. I think that's so helpful to acknowledge. I mm. think we have to. I think one of the. Um, one of the reasons that people get so disillusioned with their faith journey or this yeah. is the fact that sometimes we talk about the process in a way that makes it seem like it's going to be easier yeah, yeah. or better than it ever is it going to be in reality. Yeah. Um, and like when you look at the scripture, you know there's so many things where we actually we, we love quoting the verses that are inspirational and good and like, yes. But they're always stuck in stories where people have gone through some pretty, pretty brutal stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that's the key. Like again, the goal is never to be perfect. If we could, in any way, shape, or form, be that in our own strength, then Christ is unnecessary. Christ yeah. is redundant. Yeah. So it's acknowledging that when we're always gonna stuff up, mm. right to the very last breath, mm. that can be guaranteed. Mm. But our hope is in the perfection of Christ. Mm-hmm. And our desire is that as much as is possible as we interact with him, that we would become more in his likeness.
1: And then say the subcategory of the, because you said the soul, and there's yeah. things that I, I, I named one thing. But what about the spirit? Yeah. Because that, that that to me, I hold that as a revelation, that I have everything that I would ever need in Christ yeah. now. Yeah. But it's like, Walking in that, mm. for me it's sort of been like, okay, I've got to sort of I've got to move beyond the flesh yeah. and some of the soulish things, yeah. how I feel, to just purely what I believe. Yeah. And what God says. Yeah. Would actually be a better way to start that. What God says and choosing to side with it. Mm. So it's it's tricky to move between the different parts of us, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And like
0: totally. And I think like you were saying earlier, with um, your story about... Um, Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> mm. I'm not very good at accents. It doesn't matter what accent I try, it always becomes Indian. But the reason is, guys, I'm 164th Indian. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's just like, that's who <laughs> I really am coming out. Is this
1: true, guys? I'm looking... Oh, okay, his parents are nodding, yep.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know... You, it's exposure. Yeah. So, that's so much of it is key. Like yeah. there's so much in life. Like um, our breathing. Mm. Don't think about your breathing because mm. the minute you do, you're overthinking it and mm. it's not helpful. Mm. The key for breathing is the fact that it is hardwired into who we are as beings to do it. So as long as we're in the right atmospheres that are oxygen rich, we're good to go. Yeah. And I think it's the same with our spiritual lungs and yeah. our formation. That It's like, you know, it's one of those questions like, how do I know if it's working? How do I know if I'm doing it right? It's like, hmm. don't worry too much about the mechanics. You just got to make sure you're in the right environments. Yeah, that's good. Um, what are the right, env- right environments? Well, scripture is one. Yeah. Because you can't recognize the voice of God if yeah. you're not aware of who he is and what his character is like. Yeah. And the scriptures good. are the cleanest, easiest, most obvious way of like where to start if we're trying yeah. to figure out what God is like. Um, Community, being around people, not trying to like thug it out by yourself. Here's what we do as people. When we uh, come face to face with our brokenness, we try and hide it. We live in a culture that's like super, super like Mm. good at just polishing external trash. We love shiny trinkets that are just like trash on the inside. Mm. And I think like that's something if we're really like... um, if we're really like, man, we want to continue to be formed, we've got to realise it's not an external work. Mm. It's a deep internal work. And mm. we have to be around people that we're actually willing and uh, able to trust to let into some of those areas we, that, so they can help us process them mm. rather than us always trying to fix ourselves.
1: Yeah, that's good. We talked on the podcast about um, Tiger Woods. Yeah. So I, I, his story is a really interesting story because, you know, he... Well, he has made a massive comeback. Mm. But he was like, I think he was Nike's highest paid, you know. It, it, no, I think maybe Michael Jordan, but he had actual shares in Jordan products. Yeah. But um, these, you know, Tigers, similar, where they're so adored, so celebrated, so idolized. Mm. And I just thought about it. Why has it gotten to the church yeah. that in the same way we idolize and value and celebrate some of the giftedness mm-hmm. more than we do the actual yeah. character because what happened with Tiger and he's, and it's me not telling everyone this but he had his whole world fell apart because yeah. while he was so epic at a golf swing, he was not very epic in his character mm. and the things that were just pressure he wasn't able to respond to in the right way or I don't know, there would be a whole heap of different dynamics going on but uh yeah, we've, we've, got a, we've got no time left. But why... I have feelings about this, okay? Mm-hmm. I have feelings about the value system creeping into the church, which um, over-inflates some things, giftedness, and we need the gifts. God's given us all gifts. Yep. And he's even given the church gifts, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. But here's, here's a good question, and I didn't tell you about it. What can, what can we do when we are going to go in this f- shaped and formation journey of like, okay, I want to go here, God. Is there anything that we can do to dial down the outer, idolized, world-valued things and actually come back? Like, what could we all go away and do this week mm. that would be like, okay, I'm going to come away from that value system, even that finds itself in the church, mm. and I'm actually going to come to what really matters? What, is there something that we can do?
0: Yeah, well, first, it's not, it's not really just an issue that our culture is facing. It's yeah. been an issue since the beginning. Like, I think if you think of, um, is it like in Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus is just like spitting venom at the scribes and yeah. the Pharisees. Yeah. And it's one of those like passages where you're reading, you're like, oh, it makes you feel uncomfortable because you're like, I hope there's not too much of this in me. Yeah. But it's pretty much like saying, hey, like people listen to what these guys are saying because it's good but never do what they do because it's trash and he pretty much goes like down there and and says like man you guys are all about the exterior but inside like you're you're whitewashed tombs hey you've got the sparkly mausoleum but inside it's like a whole lot of dead bodies I was like and I reckon that's the issue like part of the issue is there's such a superficialness and shallowness sometimes to what we're willing to engage in in the formation I think I think that we are deeply committed to being Christian, mm. but not as committed to being formed by Christ. Yeah. I think it's really important just to acknowledge that those are, can be different.
1: A cultural Christian would be a cultural Christian. someone who just does enough. yeah, And maybe not even out of a sinister motive, but I no. just have not gotten on to the fact that we're meant to be becoming disciples, mm. not just yeah. know, a name, That's a it. something.
0: Um, you're right. And so to, an- to answer your question, like, Specifically, yeah. straight down the middle. I read, I read a paper once, like um, in terms of the way we're like psycholo- psychologically wired, yeah. and some of the like biases that are hardwired into us as humans. And one that I found super super interesting was the fact that as humans, we're just inclined to believe something if we've heard it more. Mm. It's like the exposure effect. Mm. It, it, it doesn't matter if the idea has merit or not. Mm. There's something about the way. Mm. We are wired that the more and more we're exposed to an idea, the more familiar it becomes, therefore the more we're able to accept it. And we've seen that like in our culture, um, I guess with the whole echo chamber um, and social media, fake news and division where people just like, they find these little pockets and you know, when you're outside the pocket, it's it's so easy to see why the pocket is wrong, you know, and and with every pocket and they're doing the same with every other pocket. The key is exposure, the human soul is sticky. It really, really is. So the reason we, the church looks more like secular society than the kingdom of heaven is because of this idea. We actually are surrounded by all these different forces that are trying to form us, but the balance is wrong. And we talk about it all the time. It's like, you know, in fact, I don't even want to say it because it's like, ah, oh, but it's like the whole idea. It's like, how much Netflix do we consume versus Scripture, right? Like, you know, where's our self-talk going ahead and what does that say in terms of negative thinking versus positive affirmation of prayer and declaring who God is and what He's doing in our life? Like, the minute until there is a shift of weight where we're actually, I think, exposed to enough of what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do, we're always... um Start looking to what we're hearing most for the, the three things. Like, what is it? Like, um, uh, our, well, our identity. That's the traps that people fall into. Like, it's like people are looking to find out identity through positions, or people are looking to find their identity through people's opinions, or people are looking to find their identity um, through their performance. And it's like, yeah, that's because that's what the world's been. Screaming at us. You know, it's like you have to look this way, or you have to achieve this, or if you don't have this, it's okay. But it's like we just gotta say, that's rubbish. That's not the kingdom of heaven. Our identity has to be found in who Christ says we are. And until we are in Scripture and letting the Holy Spirit illuminate the written word into the living word, then we're actually not hearing that narrative as enough as we need to to allow. Our inner world to actually, one know the narrative mm. to believe
1: it, because because the truth of the matter is, it's not just us saying rubbish no. to the wor- the world's messaging. Yeah, it's Jesus Christ. Yeah, he says he's got a better word. Yeah, he. I mean, I, I want to. I want us to finish up right now. Um, actually, by praying, mm. I actually want to turn this over to. Uh, we've got a lot of maybe thoughts about today a lot of stuff to go, re, reflect on uh, later in the week just that thought Shannon brought about being exposed but I recognise there needs to be there's a spiritual dynamic um, there could be some of us in the room right now and there's just something you know is not quite right in your sp- spirit chill life spirit and your spirit man can't put your finger on it I'm going to pray I'm going to believe I actually want to believe for breakthrough of clarity. You're going to walk out of this place and there's going to be some stuff just in here and let your mind and your heart catch up on. So uh, we're going to pray, okay? We're going to pray. Good conversation? Yeah, okay. It's not going to be the easiest road. I mean, if you want, kind of put a coin in the bucket and cruise for the month. it's This is not that journey we're on we're going to be on a journey but at the end of it I pray and even during it we're going to be able to say you know there's some more of Christ in me when when that chicken moment comes up I'm going to be able, I may not first respond that way but I'm going to find him in it and uh, I thank God I didn't throw the chicken thank God that I didn't you know biff the chicken uh, I did come off down off that ledge but man Lord I pray that I'd be more and more like you Jesus did he eat chicken? not really sure amen let's pray Um, In fact, uh, I want to ask maybe everyone, would you just uh, stand for a moment? We're going to finish. Um, I'm going to ask you, Holy Spirit, to come right now into this room. Uh, Now, I know you're here. I know you've already been moving, but it's our attention. Can you just bring your attention? Let's just leave the um, distractions. We'll just keep the room like this, Nathan, please, if that's right. We're going to take the distractions that we might be feeling and just... Just pause, just stand. Maybe if you feel comfortable, would you just lift your hands in front of you just as an openness to the Master. Sweet Holy Spirit, come like the wind and breathe, breathe, breathe. That even many people in this room right now, their souls may not even know what it is you're about to do in this moment, but they will know. In time, it will be clear. Let a deposit through the Holy Spirit take place in every man, every woman, every teenager, over there, every child. Let a great, great undoing of whatever it might be that might be holding us captive. Just got a feeling like um, some people here in the room, and uh, Jesus taught about unforgiveness being something that does create really strong blockages. I, I, I just want you, just in the quietness of your own thought, just begin to give to God maybe those that you know actually there's a vendetta you're wanting to even out, there's some things you're holding on to, just begin to release them. Others of you, maybe a painful experience it 's not that today it 's all reconciled it 's that we just we just want to make a clear way, maybe a dream that didn 't come to pass maybe it 's a goal that just will not come off uh, maybe it's um, maybe it 's a, a, a bitterness a, i don 't know what it would be, but just come on just take a moment and just say, Lord, I give to you everything that 's in me. I give to you everything that 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 is that is happening. Around and throughout my life, and and I just want you now, just to say, God, I not only do I give it to you, but I pray you come in and you would flood my soul. I pray you flood my spirit. I pray for your power. Come on, let it just be a prayer that rises up out of you. That God, you would come today, and you would make me into uh, your likeness. That you would make me into. That you take faith and you pour it into my soul. That I would hear your voice that, Lord God, there would be a um, change point even this hour, this very hour, an, ex- uh, an experience, a passion, fresh love. Lord, pour out fresh love into every soul, into every heart, fresh peace. Lord, I pray for troubled minds to be at peace today. For God has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but of love, power, power, and a sound mind. Receive today the love. Receive the power. Receive the sound mind. Come on, walk today in the fullness of His love. Come on, walk today in the fullness of His joy. Come on, know today He is my joy, He is my portion. He's better better than a billion dollar check. He's better than owning Twitter. He's better than getting even. He is our all in all. He is the source of all that we enjoy and so much more. Come on, walk in the fullness of peace right now. Come on, rest in that peace. Rest in the grace that says, I'm I'm accepting you based on my blood and nothing else. I'm accepting you. You're accepted. You're accepted. And you're forgiven. And you're forgiven. God, come in and take that past. Take Take that condemnation. God, take that offense. Take whatever it is. Take that mistake. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just wait on Him for a minute. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just uh, with our eyes closed in this moment, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've never actually given your life to Him, you never knew that you you were loved, that, that He died for you, that He died to forgive you of everything, every sin, every wrong. But more than that, through doing that, He's reconciling you to God the Father, to know who you are, to be born again, to to know what it means to be truly human. If you're here today, you've never accepted His free gift of salvation and forgiveness. It's free. You don't have to do anything for it. You don't have to perform. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't even actually have to change in your own strength. All you have to do is repent. You just have to say, God, I repent. I'm sorry. I turn from the way I've been going. And He will meet you on that path. He's ready, arms open wide. And He wants to do an awesome work in your life. And so right now we're going to pray a prayer, okay, right across this place. I want to ask everybody to pray it out loud because there's people in this room today who need to pray this and we're a family. This is us, you know, walking together. I want you to pray, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus and the free gift of salvation. It costs you, but I receive it by faith. Thank you for making me new and reconciling me to God. Thank you for your supernatural work in my life, in my heart, in my mind, and in my spirit. Turn up in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's praise God, everybody. Come on. We
0: hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at annasbrook.co.nz or visit our website.